Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Clean Living Podcast, a podcast to help you live a cleaner, greener, and more sustainable life without the judgment. I'm your host, Sophie, and today I'm diving into the world of sustainable skincare with the co-founder of UpCircle, Anna Brightman. Skincare is such an important part of our daily routine, and so often these products are filled with dodgy ingredients and harsh chemicals that are no good for us or the planet. But UpCircle is tackling this issue head-on with their range of natural skincare products that are made using salvaged ingredients. And if you want to know just what that means, then listen away. Hi, Anna. Thanks so much for joining the show today. And congratulations on your Forbes 30 Under 30 award. That's so amazing. Um, How are you today or this morning? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And I think uh, congratulations to you as well. (laughs) Thank you. We're both on there. It's quite exciting. (laughs) Wasn't that the strangest feeling getting a Forbes 30 under 30? Quite quite a surreal experience for me anyway. I don't know how you felt about it. Do you know, I I found it really surreal as well. I actually um, opened my phone and had an email come through. And I was like, is that legit? Like, I, I don't know. And I went to the gym and I was running on the machine. And then suddenly I was like, oh my God, I've got Forbes 30 under 30. <laughs> and then after that, I couldn't work out anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was so surreal. <laughs> Crazy, right? Exactly. I went, yeah, I went running straight to the to the corner shop. <laughs> I need alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> straight onto the champagne after that, off the running machine onto the champagne. It was so surreal. But especially uh, last year, because I mean, there was there was nothing going on. It's like, cool. <laughs> I can't even celebrate. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, it was odd, wasn't it? I, yeah, I was just in my flat with my sister who I lived with having a bottle of champagne. Like, well, this is this is odd. Um, and yeah. <laughs> no big ceremony, unfortunately. I feel like we slightly missed out there. But um, uh, what yeah. a, a very, a very mad feeling anyway. I, I found out through my friend who works in PR who was looking on the list for someone else that she represented. She doesn't represent me, obviously. She's just my pal. And then saw me and was like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> so, yeah, a really a really nice day, to be honest. Very surreal. That's so cool. It's so exciting. Cool. So for those of um, our listeners who maybe haven't heard of UpCircle yet or just aren't quite sure what you mean when you talk about salvaged ingredients, could you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, UpCircle is a skincare brand that I launched with my brother five years ago. Our USP is that we infuse uh, repurposed upcycled ingredients into every single skincare product that we make. Uh, The original idea came from collecting coffee grounds from cafes and restaurants. So essentially, you know, when you go and get a cup of coffee, the grounds that the barista would kind of tap away is what we take and we turn those into exfoliators. Uh, And that was the first ingredient that we started working with. And then we've just broadened out our portfolio of repurposed ingredients. So taking byproducts from other industries uh, and then rescuing them before the point that they would otherwise be disposed um, and giving them a whole new life in the form of high functioning skincare ingredients. So a second example might be uh, olive stones that are a byproduct of making olive oil. Uh, They're very high in antioxidants and when powdered they produce this beautiful texture uh, that we use to make our face masks. So uh, those are a couple of examples but that's essentially what we do. So just salvaging would be waste ingredients and turning them into skincare products instead. That's so exciting. And um, how did you even discover that you could use these ingredients again? Like, I, I don't think many people would assume that you could even find someone to, to get the olive stones from. Yeah, well, I feel like the the coffee one was just 
literally a, a, a moment of natural curiosity. Uh, I think my both my brother and I, we were kind of keen to make a switch in our career um, towards something that we could feel a little bit better about at the end of the day. So we were, we had quite corporate backgrounds. My brother was in finance. I worked in um, retail area management for big supermarkets. Um, yeah arguably quite successful at a young age, but thinking, oh my God, is this it? So we were both sort of waiting for that moment of inspiration. And, and when you're doing that, um, you, you do become a lot more inquisitive. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're looking to be inspired sort of thing. So we just asked this barista, what happens to those grounds at the end of the day? Like, where do they go? And he told us that they have to pay the local council to have them disposed of at landfill sites where uh, the coffee actually rots to produce methane, which is the greenhouse gas. So all of a sudden, that was our, our first moment of like, oh, my goodness, I didn't realise that that was the case. I thought, you know, coffee is just an organic ingredient. It's just going to degrade aerobically and have no impact. Um, but that wasn't the case. So that was what we started doing. And in the first, I'd say, year and a bit, probably, coffee was our only uh, ingredient that we were working with. I knew that coffee had fantastic skincare benefits because I, you know, as a teenager, was massively into makeup and skincare and things like that. Um, but no one was doing it from upcycled grounds. So we did a lot of research in the early days. And then in that first year, as I think lots of people do the same um, when they're just launching a business, we went to as many consumer and trade shows as we possibly could all over the UK, but also in Europe as well, where we met so so many other individuals and small businesses who thought wow this is really innovative this is cool um i actually happen to run a chai company for example and this is my byproduct what do you think do you think you could do something with that and that's exactly how most of the partnerships that we go on to have uh, are formed just by meeting people or receiving emails from other businesses who say oh i've heard about what you guys are doing with the coffee um, I do this. Do you think you could use that? And then we kind of start the process from there. So it's it's really nice and it's very collaborative and it's it's nice to be able to form links between industries as well. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And I really love that you can form links with different industries and, and also help make other industries a bit more sustainable as well, because I suppose so many people just wouldn't have an alternative for their sort of raw ingredients, yeah. right? And and it's... I, I think it's it's nice because it's uh, it's mutually beneficial. You know, they can talk about this cool story of this other brand that takes away their their otherwise wasted ingredients. Um, and for the coffee shops, you know, they save the cost of having to pay the council. So it's one of those things that it works for us and it works for them. So it's 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 yeah, it's definitely a nice story behind it. No, definitely. And and I love the the fact that you went to so many trade shows as well. I've I've done so many and I I, the, I think the first one I was so excited and I I didn't pack anything to eat or drink and by the end of the day mm. I was just dying on the stand <laughs> yeah oh my goodness I can relate they're absolutely exhausting aren't they and yeah. often with those that involve travel as well you might be staying in an Airbnb and you're in a city that you're not familiar with and as you say like you might have <laughs> carried everything in a suitcase uh, to create your stand that ends up looking incredibly bare in, compar in comparison to everyone else's. And then you've got to think about things like food and drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if there's only one or two of you on the stand, we, we always have this hilarious situation of like bobbing down beneath our kind of display and like grabbing a mouthful of a sandwich and then <laughs> popping back up again so you don't miss any opportunities. We, we do the same and we actually we always make sure that our, our stands we we have the table so that it's got a front to it so no one can see yes. it we just sort of crouch up to the table that's exactly what yeah. we do <laughs> I, 
praying that someone will come around with some free food at some point. Yeah, some samples. <laughs> like, yeah, do you want a sample of this? Just, just throw them by. There's a sampling granola this morning. Yes, please. I'll have a lot. <laughs> it's like I don't even eat dairy, and people would come around. It's like, do you want this cereal with this milk? Yes, give it to me. <laughs> Desperate times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they are good fun. They really are. Yeah, I'm excited. There's, so obviously, um, with the last year and a bit, there's been no physical events. And I really have missed it, because that's kind of what I do. That's my sort of half of the role in comparison to my brother. He's kind of back of house. I've always been front of house. And the last time we were able to do physical events, we barely had a team. Yeah. Whereas now our team is like four times the size. And I can't wait to be able to go back out there and make face-to-face sales and like you know just just meet people again properly and meet potential stockists and all of that it's really does give you that you know buzz of what growing a brand is all about no I agree I I really can't wait to get back out there as well it's it's been way too long and also the consumer fairs like I don't know if you did balance festivals yes we've got that 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 postponed one coming up later this year yeah I I loved it so much I'm sure on on the Sunday afternoons of these shows we'll remember how exhausting they are and we'll be thinking god why were we so excited to come back to this but um (laughs) you know they are good fun take it back online yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's much more fun to travel there than like through your computer Mm, oh my god 100% I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm slightly over the uh the webinar um, phase of my life just sat on a, you know, with a big ring light shining in my face uh, on, on a panel with loads of other people. And I don't know. I, yeah, I've, I've done too many of those in the last year, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely, I agree. Back, back to real life. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So 2020 was actually quite exciting for you. We won't dig into all of it because it wasn't so exciting for many people but you you launched your um sort of reuse refill solution and that that's um that's really amazing what what inspired you to take it the step further well I think that's uh taking it a step further is pretty much the attitude that we take as a brand with everything um we're not trying to do something that's already been done and when we were designing the brand in the first place it was uh, there's this phrase that I say a lot which is that natural is the new normal and normal is boring I think skincare is unbelievably competitive yeah and I get people all the time now you know messaging me through LinkedIn or Instagram saying hey I want to start this cool new skincare brand and the whole thing is that my products are all natural or they're all vegan and I'm like okay well that's great but so is everyone else like that is not enough anymore yeah so you have to take the next step and you have to always push forwards and and be the best you know and um look at what other people are doing and and perhaps improve on it, but don't just do the same thing. You have to push uh, for progress. So I think, you know, we'd obviously, we're quite pioneering when it comes to our uh, ingredients and the circularity there, but we wanted to take the exact same approach when it came to packaging. And we've always wanted to, it was purely uh, like logistical (laughs) people based. uh, And of course, money is always a a realistic factor. Um, So it's something we wanted to do, but we didn't quite have the capacity or like the behind the scenes uh, operations that allowed us to do it. But we've been working hard on it for quite a while. And um, with the big boom that we've had uh, during lockdowns, we now have people in place who are able to completely man that scheme. So essentially, long story short, you can um, order our products at a 20% discount on our website. Uh, Once they've run out, uh, you get a free post label, you send us back your packaging, and then we refill it and send it back to you. So it's taking the exact same circular economy um, approach, 
but to our packaging as well as our ingredients. And uh, the, the response has just been incredible. Um, we are now like <laughs> fumbling, <laughs> racing to try to keep up with it and uh, buy more machinery and hire more people because it's one of those things that takes time to build. Um, you make the announcement, but of course you don't have hundreds of people sat at home with empty packaging that they've saved on the off chance that you might announce this. So uh, now that 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 announcement's of a couple months away, uh, you know, has has passed. Um, the the amount of people engaging with the scheme is absolutely catapulting forward. So it's really exciting and it's gone brilliantly. And um, yeah, I think it was just the next logical step for us to take as a brand. So I'm, I'm pleased it's been so well received. No, that's so exciting, and I'm I'm so excited that it's been so well received as well because it's you know, pe- people, they keep thinking about packaging and how they can be more sustainable. And they think, oh, I'll just swap to glass and then I'll just throw it out to be recycled. And you're like, but that's yeah. not the point. It's you can do so much more. And mm. and I've always sort of said um, at Kin, it's, it's something we're working on as well, that really the best packaging is one that's just been reused and you can keep reusing it. So yeah. it's so exciting to see that people have really taken to it for skincare as well. I think that's just absolutely marvellous. Well, I do, I do think that the packaging is, I, I get asked about packaging all the time and it's the most frustrating thing for me because I think it's, it's A, what gives the beauty and skincare industry its poor reputation with regards to sustainability because for many products, you have this decision where you either put it in packaging, which is really, really easy to recycle and is only made up of one or two materials, or you put it in packaging where actually it helps you use the product most effectively. So if you think of a a toner where you're obviously going to want to use a spray function or a serum where you're going to want a dropper, a pipette function, um, you have to make that choice between, okay, you're going to have packaging that's slightly more complicated with regards to recyclability, or are you going to create products that are actually quite difficult for the user to use? (laughs) Um, So we've decided to, to make them functional, but then to come up with creative solutions for making sure that you only use that bit of packaging once and then it stays in circulation and I think it's that kind of creativity um that is needed in order to just stop this this take make dispose attitude um and keeping people just throwing things away that don't need to be thrown away really no definitely and I think um part of the problem is actually I I think the sort of sustainability industry is quite confusing for people because there's there's a lot of greenwashing out there as well. And yeah. um, I think it's hard for people to to understand what's a good choice to be making. And um, if, you, if you had to give any sort of tips on on how one could make their life just a little bit more sustainable, um, what, what would be your tip? I would say that no one's perfect. I would say it's a gradual process. Um, yeah, a lot of my products still aren't uh, exactly what I would want them to be with regards to sustainability, but also... You know, I'm someone who in all areas of my life, I find it very difficult to throw things away. (laughs) You know, I don't really abide to sell by dates on food, for example. I think that they're ridiculously cautious. Um, But I think I'm the same. Yeah, (laughs) I think uh, (laughs) just don't uh, don't resist the urge to just do a clean sweep sort of thing. You know, you get um, right now it's the second day of Plastic Free July when we're recording this. And I, I often worry that people will go to their bathroom cabinets and just empty out all the plastic bottles and think, right, well, as of tomorrow, I'm only going to buy things in, in 
aluminium and glass. And I just think, well, you've just created a bin bag full of rubbish. Like rather than, you know, joining a hype and and, and getting a bit hysterical about it very quickly and, and doing a clean sweep, see it as a, a gradual swap. I guess it's the same with like diet culture. <laughs> um, don't just all yeah. of a sudden, you know, stop eating 15 different million um food groups it's more of a lifestyle change and I think that's the same attitude when it comes to trying to live a little bit more sustainably and it's really difficult with greenwashing um because even for a brand like UpCircle you know you could look for certifications as as a clear stamp of approval but when you work with I'm a circular economy a brand so we are not eligible for most certifications and so it's it is complicated and it is difficult but generally I would say if, if a brand has something to be proud of they're going to shout about it um, and, and look for percentages of things. Look for, you know, 98% natural rather than just natural because uh, natural means nothing. Um, look for look for percentages associated to things rather than just the words themselves because that's when um, you start to get into this wishy-washy territory of anyone being able to claim anything. I was looking at an advert on mainstream television yesterday for one of the big brands that's been around forever and they were advertising a new shampoo bar and they, it said uh, uh, now something like uh, it didn't say plastic free. It said plastic free plus an extra word. And I was like, right. The fact that they've used that extra word means that it's not actually plastic free. Uh, It was something like zero plastic waste or something. And I was like, no, they've had to add that in because it's actually not completely plastic free. And it's those little things that when you're on the inside, you pick up on, but uh, oh yeah, it's very challenging. Um, but yeah, look for brands that are shouting about things and putting numbers next to their claims. Uh, and then in terms of your personal decision making at home, don't do it all at once. Take it slowly and um, strive for gradual improvement, I guess. No, definitely. Because as you say, if you do it all at once, the likelihood is, is number one, you're just creating so much waste, as you said. And, and number two, you mm. probably won't be able to keep up with it because it's too much of a change too quickly. Yeah. And I think it's as well so important that you you mentioned, you know, brands that actually are happy to put a percentage next to what they're claiming is such a big thing. Because as you say, natural is mm. just, it's such a sort of fugazi word, right? I mean, exactly. <laughs> it exactly. really means like, nothing. Yeah, it's, and it's it's something that so many brands go and use and they just put, oh, it's it's a natural product or, or my, my favorite one is mm-hmm. a, a zero waste. And then you think, well, how did you get it to your warehouse? I mean, there's so much waste happening yeah. <laughs> on its journey to someone's home that it's it's such a again, it's just a, a misnomer. It's it's not. It should be reduced waste or I don't know. But it's, exactly, yeah, fighting like, waste is yes, what we use. I like that fighting waste. I think that's brilliant because yeah, and then like you say, so many big brands just jump on and make it so much more confusing. And I know, for instance, in the the cleaning industry, I mean, you don't have to disclose your ingredients. It's amazing. You mm. can literally just put on the back yeah. these sad little five lines and that's it. And then you have all of these sort of brands mm. that are filled with dyes and chemicals sort of saying, oh, well, you know, we're natural. And it's like, because you put one coconut surfactant in your products. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's so frustrating, isn't it? When you watch these things, I feel like I used to be on the other side of it, like not really having a clue. And I said this to my sister last night about the ad that I saw on TV and she was like, that's honestly mad because I would never have questioned that. And yet, you know, that you know what they're doing there and you know what a kind of um, 
the way in which they're bending the rules to be able to make a claim which is technically untrue. Uh, but most people wouldn't. And that, this is exactly the problem because it's not it's not that transparent. And unless you're someone who is, you know, scouring the ingredients at the back of every single product or, you know, searching for all of these certification stamps but then as i say even certification isn't a clear-cut situation it is just very difficult um so i don't know i think one thing that is is (laughs) better with with smaller brands though is this push for transparency and, and better communication and i really encourage people to ask us questions all the time and if the brand is a good brand they'll be there ready and waiting to answer them uh, if they're not and their customer service isn't there, then that's the sorts of brands where you think, okay, well, you, you don't actually care that much about making sure that your customers um, know what's going on at every level of your business. Yeah, it's so true. Obviously, we should go on like a, a greenwashing campaign across the UK. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> we should. No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> Calling them out one by one. And this one's a load of BS. You're a liar. This one's You're a liar. <laughs> It's just like we can get some stickers and just go and stick them on all of the products. Mm. There's nothing I there's nothing I hate more than when we're applying for awards and stuff, and um, you see that you're in the running with one, and you're just like, "Are you joking me?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> like a sustainability award or something, and oh. then you're just like, "Oh, the people judging this don't even know." <laughs> it's so bad. We actually um we came runner up to a, a product. I won't say the name, but they're very very famous and very old, and um, it was for a sustainability award or. or a, I don't know. Anyway, and and the blurb underneath it was something like chemical free. It was like number one, mm. everything is technically a Here chemical. It's like number yeah. two, this product is hot pink. How is that yeah. <laughs> natural? <laughs> it's like number God. three, like the scent is this made up weird flavor. You just sat there, like, how did mm. we come runner up to that? Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah. And I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to sound like a sore loser. But it was a bit yeah. like, can I have at least lost to another natural brand? Right. <laughs> you know, it's okay. At least you you you've got your podcast for venting. <laughs> yeah. This can just this can be the business to business venting channel. <laughs> can you imagine? Just get everyone to come on and just like. <laughs> what's your biggest peeve in the industry right now well buckle up (laughs) we're going on a wild ride (laughs) so circling sort of back to to business I read um well and you mentioned that you launched your business with your brother and how how do you find working with him oh man uh anyone who's got a well a sibling or even a best pal I think could probably relate to what they imagine this might be like it is exactly what you would imagine it might be like he's also three years older than me which I find difficult <laughs> I wish I was the older one oh, no. um it's, yeah. it's I feel like we get, we're getting much better uh now um in the early stages particularly when we only had one or two members of staff like it was a real transition having worked with just each other um and then having to you know make that real shift towards being a lot more professional um but we do have a pretty relaxed uh culture at at art circle you know we don't mind i don't i don't know what i should say that we do and don't do but um you know we're very social and and i think us having a bit of a a scrap uh isn't going to raise too many eyebrows but fortunately that has become a lot uh less common <laughs> we really have sorted out and but it does it does i think 
as you always would when you're in business with someone like it's such a high stress situation and it's incredibly difficult to grow a brand particularly at the speed at which um upcircle's grown in the last five years and you know you're often absolutely exhausted and at like a nine out of ten stress level working weekends working evenings you know all all of the above um and that is obviously a situation where you're going to be more likely than normal to to have arguments um but i would also say that the fact that my co-founder is also my brother is one of our greatest strengths because we there is no limit to the uh, amount that we can expect of each other and that will never be unreasonable like we're always going to be family so i think that's one of the things that's helped us to push forwards and make so much progress so quickly is that we can lean on each other um to the extent that we do and we also know to a point each other's boundaries and can pull back and just say oh you know like, I've got this personal life thing you know my brother's had two children in the last two and a bit years uh, and become a dad for the first time and he, he's oh. my brother so you know I just go full fully in and and kind of take the reins um, and the other thing that's specific to us too is that we are the total opposite of each other so there's not too much stepping on each other's toes and that also gets easier and easier as our roles get more and more clearly defined but I think he knows full well that he's quite bad at the things that I manage. And I know that I'm absolutely terrible at the things that he is in charge of. Um, you know, my maths, <laughs> uh, economics, <laughs> the business nitty gritty yeah. is is absolutely not my strength. Whereas, you know, recording podcasts or doing speeches or pitching to retailers or, you know, um, organising staff socials, uh, all of that kind of stuff is his worst nightmare. So uh, it's a, it's a good partnership. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah, I agree with you. I, uh, the, the math and the economic side is just like, oh, someone oh else can take that hot potato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone make sure we're actually making money and yeah. then I'll sell it. <laughs> exactly. Just someone tells me that it's fine that I can do this, then I will go and do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. And um, sort of, I actually meant to ask this question earlier, back back when we were talking about the, the um, ingredients and things, um, but I think you covered it anyway, it was sort of the process of developing a new product at UpCircle. But Yeah, I mean, it, it is an, it's an interesting one because it's quite unique to us. I, I often think how easy it must be for other brands who are just like, oh, I'd like to make a, a hand sanitizer. And then you look at you know, what ingredients are well suited to that. And then you, and then you make it yeah. <laughs> for us, it's an awful lot more complicated. And uh, of course, testing um, is very rigorous, but that we, we have so much experimentation and trial and error when we're working with ingredients that have never been worked with before in the way that we are. And when we're having to process them um, so uniquely from their first life into their second life to make them appropriate for what we now want to use them for. So it's, it's never necessarily a case of, we basically have two lists working at the same time. It's not that one comes first and then you you have the other, but we've got a kind of product list of things that we want to make. So it might be a hand sanitizer or a shampoo bar or, um, I don't know, a hand cream. And then we've got the list of ingredients that are just ready for the taking <laughs> and need to be kind of matched with the perfect product because these ingredients also come in completely different forms. You know, we use residual fruit waters that are left over from the juicing industry but they come in water form and then we use things like maple bark extract which comes in a very thick oil form and then you've got the kind of um, powders like apricot stone powder or argan shell powder and then you've got actual exfoliants like coffee grounds and chai spices so they all come in very different forms which would be completely um, 
you know you wouldn't want to put coffee grounds in a hand sanitizer for example um, <laughs> so it's like a, it's a matchmaking process of ingredients to um product uh making sure of course first and foremost that the skincare benefits of the repurpose ingredient are well placed in the products that we want to put them in because that's why people are buying our products first and foremost you know you buy a a hand cream to keep your hands um, moisturized. You buy a hand sanitizer to keep your hands clean, et cetera, et cetera. So it has to be uh, well matched in that sense. And then it's a really sometimes stressful, but also really creative um, process between ourselves and our formulators and, and branding and um, figuring out how we can message uh, the, the products and tell the story of each product in its own unique sense until we end up with with what we get that we then release but the new product development process is lot is lengthy <laughs> it takes much much longer for us than it would the average skincare brand so um we just have to make sure that's communicated to our customers so that they are patient with us because it does take a lot of starting again and, and figuring it out when you're the first person to do something i think that's that's really exciting though because as you say as you say you're the first person to do it to make a product in this way and I think that actually taking the time to actually make sure it's done well is a really good reassuring mm. thing because it also feels mm. like, you know, some brands, again, going back to the greenwashing, I mean, they can sort of just, oh, look, we, we did this. And then they just throw it in as, as like a yeah. add-on yeah. rather than the ethos of the, the products that they're making. Yeah, I completely agree. So I think agree. that's really, really lovely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we finally get the products to the point where they go into the legal kind of efficacy and stability testing, we're always just there, you know, fingers and toes crossed, just hoping that we we'll get through because <laughs> otherwise it's just another six months of oh. like, starting again. Yeah. <laughs> it's something people don't realize though, isn't it? How long it can take to actually develop a product yeah. um, when you're yeah. really trying to actually make it good, right? As you say, so many people... I see all the time now being advertised to me, you know, start a business on Shopify with no money. And, and <laughs> everyone's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. It's like, yeah, it's called drop shipping from Alibaba. <laughs> mm, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, no, that's, that's not no. what you want to do. And so um, <laughs> just to sort of uh, wrap it up, do you have any advice for anyone who might be thinking of starting their own business? Oh, great question. Um, I would say go for it. I would say don't let your any insecurities or um, belief of your limitations put you off from just giving it a go. Uh, I think I I was very I always wanted to be a, a business owner or to have my own thing or to be a decision maker, but I always kind of doubted myself or thought you know because for example I'm not um, great at maths and economics that I could never do it. Uh, I think what you learn in business is that you will never, you can't be everything. Um, and what you do is you hire someone to do those things for you. What you need is passion, grit, uh, and determination to make your idea or your product succeed. Um, but you shouldn't be put off by, thinking that it's not quite the right time or that you don't have the exact experience. You know, as I said at the start of this, neither myself nor my brother um, have formal skincare background or industry insight. Um, we just had a fantastic idea. We saw a gap in the market and uh, no one else was doing what we wanted to do. So we thought, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll we will find mentors and we will ask questions and we will get advice and um, we will, you know, 
figure it out as we go. And we took the plunge and we've never looked back. So I think it would be so easy for us not to have done that if we had the impression of like, oh, well, who are we to start a skincare brand? Uh, and I think that's that's the wrong attitude. So if you've got a great idea and it's something that no one else is doing, um, then I think you should absolutely go for it uh, and just give it your all. Be, re- be ready for an absolute roller coaster. Yeah. Uh, but don't don't let anyone tell you that you have to be an expert um, in order to uh, start a business. You just need to have the right character for it and hire the right people to um, help you build your complete picture. No, oh, amazing. And, and as you say, that reaching out to people, getting mentors, asking questions. I think a lot of the time people are intimidated by the idea of business because they feel like nobody wants to share any knowledge. And I found the complete opposite, to be honest, in um, with what I've been doing is so many people have been so excited to offer any information that they can. And so often someone will say, oh, I don't know the answer, but this person will. And, and um, I, yeah, I think yeah. it's... Uh, as you say, just don't be frightened. There are amazing communities and networks as well that you build through being, uh, you know, a startup essentially. And like awards shows or whatever it might be, everyone's there and you might be competing, but you also, you know, go away with, with new friends and contacts. Um, And it's, it's it's not a sense of competition, really. I haven't found it. Just like you said, I think it's a real sense of community. So um yeah, there's always support. You just have to be willing to ask for it. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think you're so right with that that uh, sort of sense of community that it really does feel like, I mean, there are obviously a couple of brands which are just, you know, in it for themselves, but it feels like the majority mm. of the ones that I've met, at least, it feels like everybody's just excited to be growing this pie rather than trying to sort of mm, rip exactly. it away from someone else. And I think that's um, makes yeah. it so exciting to be in this industry at the moment. Well, sustainability, if not skincare. <laughs> I'm not in skincare, but, <laughs> but I think we both overlap with the sustainability aspect. So. 100%, 100%. No, I couldn't agree more. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Anna. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, it's been a pleasure being here. Thank you for the invite. I hope you found today's episode interesting and fun. I certainly had no idea that one can even make beauty products circular, and I think it's such an innovative and interesting idea. Thank you so much for joining me today and listening along. And if you'd like to learn more about Upcircle, what they do, or if you'd like to try their products, then head to their website, www.upcirclebeauty.com. And you can find them on Instagram at Upcircle. And you can find Kin, my company, at Kin underscore living. And if you'd like to follow me, you can also find me at Clean Living Lux. As always, I've linked to everything in the show notes. And for our listeners, there's also a special discount in the notes to use at UpCircle. And if you're signed up to the Kin newsletter, you'll receive it there as well. Bye for now.